Let's face it, as you and I live our lives, we're going to make mistakes. There's going to be failures and there's going to be disappointments. But it's how you and I respond to those failures, mistakes and disappointments that's going to make all the difference in our lives. In this episode, you're going to learn how to deal with disappointments as you listen to the story of NFL coach Maurice Drayton and how he overcame a major disappointment in his own life. Welcome to the Doer's Journey podcast, the podcast that will motivate and inspire you to not only be a hearer, but to start being a doer. Because you know deep in your heart that there's so much more in you. The purpose of each episode is to provide you with actionable steps that you can take to assist you in your journey towards your goals. We will have topics that are relevant to you, and you'll hear from experts and influencers that will provide you with information you can take action on. I'm your host, Carlos Frank. Now let's be doers and dive into this episode. All right, all right, TDJ family, you are in for a treat. I have with me today somebody that I call a friend, but other people call him coach, Coach Maurice Drayton. Just thinking about this interview has got got me so excited because I believe as you listen to this interview and my conversation with Maurice, you're going to be able to get so much out of it. And our thought on this conversation was talking about how to overcome disappointment in life and how to overcome what some people might call failures. Because I believe Maurice has an awesome story that he's going to be able to share with you and you're going to be able to hear it during this conversation. And one thing I want you to do as you're listening to this take notes. And Maurice is going to say some great things, some motivating things, some things that are going to make you go, man, but make sure you're also taking notes on what you can take action on. Remember, this is the doer's journey, not the listener's journey. This is the doer's journey, a podcast. All right. So without further delay, I want to go ahead and bring Maurice on. Maurice, how you doing, sir? I'm doing excellent. It is a pleasure. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be with you, to have this conversation. So many times we get tied up in the hustle and bustle of life, and we don't get a chance to talk to a friend. And that's what you are to me. Not only a friend, but a brother. I appreciate that, that Maurice. And just to give you guys some background, too, Maurice is currently a coach with the Green Bay Packers. So he's sitting there in Wisconsin. So Maurice, before I even get into this, man, It's 60 degrees here in Charleston, and I actually put on a sweater. So uh, tell me how how spoiled I am right now compared to where you're at. I'll tell you what. We had snow uh, two nights ago. Obviously, it didn't stick. It melted, but uh, it gets pretty cold here. Uh, This past weekend, uh, we were in the 30s easily. Oh, man. And we're we're sitting here in almost the middle of May. And, you know, part of the story, too, because for the people listening, Maurice, I don't want to take it for granted that everybody knows your full story and how we're connected. Maurice and I actually first met in 1996 at the Citadel. We were actually teammates. That's right. And then we were teammates. And Maurice was one of those people that, I mean, you wanted him on your team. And then we actually, he graduated and he became my coach. And a time in my life that hit me hard, Maurice was there for me and and my family. My father passed away my my senior year, uh, the night before our first football game, passed away of a heart attack, unfortunately. 
and Maurice was there like like nobody else. I mean, the whole Citadel family, the whole Southern Conference family was there, but Maurice actually drove my mom and I all the way back from Johnson City, Tennessee, all the way back to Charleston, South Carolina. And I know he was tired and I heard him talking to my mom, encouraging her, and I just can't thank Maurice enough. And I just wanna publicly again, you know, thank you for that, Maurice. Like you said, you're, you're family to me, you're a friend and you're an inspiration to me. And I just wanna let you know that and acknowledge that. Thank you, sir. Thank you, yeah, sir. Man. So let's, let's dig into this, Maurice. Let's talk about, let's just start off first. You know, you're a coach now in the NFL. And yes. obviously that's the, the highest of the highest level. But talk to us about your doer's journey. Was that always your focus, you know, coming out of school or going into school was to get to the NFL ranks? I, I, tell, I, I tell people this all the time. I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. But right now, I am having a heck of a time trying to figure it out. And uh, to me, I think that's, that's part of life, finding out who you are and what you have been charged with. Uh, but I have known for a long time that I wanted to serve. And uh, I, I'm, I'm all about being a servant leader. And I wanted to take whatever I do to the highest level, if possible. That's good. So I know when we were teammates you always took things to the highest level possible you know maurice was a defensive back i was a wide receiver so <laughs> for anybody that knows football you know how that dynamic works out <laughs> you might be friends on the field especially if you're on the team but or off the field but when it yeah. comes to being on the field it was one-on-one -on -one battles and Maurice was one of those guys that you just, you love competing against, but at the same time, you hated competing <laughs> against him. So Maurice, talk about that a little bit too. What, um, as far as what you learned on the field, what you learned in the game of life and in the game of football, what things did you take from football that, uh, that have helped you on, the, on this journey? Well, there's so many things that we can take away from this great game that uh, we play uh, of football. But I would be remiss if I did not give my father and mother credit for a lot of those lessons. Uh, those lessons that I learned uh, was able to come full circle, so to speak, on the football field. Uh, it was more of awakening moments or reckoning moments when it transpired on the field because my parents did such a great job of trying to uh, uh, instill uh, some of these lessons in me such as perseverance. I never forget, um, uh, not only was I a football player, but I was a wrestler. And uh, wrestling, my dad would embarrass, actually, my sister and my brother, because he was in the stands yelling, perseverance, perseverance. And everybody's looking around like, what is this man talking about? <laughs> but he shared with me what perseverance is, mm -hmm. about never quitting, about never giving up, um, it, it, it's, it, it's kind of one of my cardinal principles that I live by. Uh, so that alone in itself is a lesson that was instilled upon me that was brought to fruition on the football field. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm just very thankful for those lessons learned. Oh, that's awesome, man. So perseverance. So with perseverance, of course, you came to school and, and forgive me on this. You came in on, uh, on a full scholarship or did you walk on at the Citadel? Oh, no, sir. I was a walk on. Uh, when I left high school, I was 5'7", 145 pounds. 
and no one at that time was giving anybody a scholarship. Uh, the one trait that I did have, I could run and, and I could jump. Uh, so I walked on the football team, uh, Charlie Taft, uh, David Salazzo uh, were the key uh, members in allowing me to walk on. And uh, we had a coaching change during my time there. Don Powers, our defensive coordinator and my position coach at the time, took over. And uh, that's another story in itself. If you have not seen the book that Carlos basically uh, instrumented and wrote on Don Powers, uh, you have to get it. It is a must read. But uh, Don Powers believed in doing things the old way, the old fashioned way. So uh, just because I was playing, just because I was starting, he didn't give me a scholarship. Um, he made me earn that thing. I was not on full scholarship until my fifth year. Uh, I, I got partial scholarships and he would increase the money each year. And uh, I didn't understand it at the time, but I'm thankful now because it kept me hungry. And you have to be hungry in life. I believe it's uh, Les Miles, not Les Miles. Les uh, Brown. Les Brown. You yes, stay exactly. He always talks about it. You got to be hungry. Right, right. And that's one of the things I carry right here in my heart. And you have to excuse me. Sometimes I get excited. That's I talk right, with my hands. Right. But, but you got to be hungry about life. You have to be hungry about everything that you do. Uh, whether it's taking your kids to school, whether it's helping with homework, whether it's cutting the grass, you got to be hungry to right. get those lines perfect. So um, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I, sometimes I just get excited. Man. No, it's, that's good, man. That's so, what life is about. So Maurice, talk about what you felt like when you heard you were on a full ride or you got that full scholarship. Obviously, I was happy. I was happy for my parents. Uh, uh, once again, I got great parents. Uh, they were paying for my tuition. I had work-study jobs. I worked in the summertime. Matter of fact, uh, I don't know if you remember this. I think this may have been your freshman year. We were scheduled to go play the University of Miami. Mm -hmm. um, that's when they had Magic Benton. Uh, a guy that wears a gold jacket named Ray Lewis uh -huh. uh, was on the team. And I could not attend two-a-day camp because I was working at Western Auto. I was doing lawn maintenance. And I was doing every, you know, nickel and dime job I could do so I could have my tuition to pay, uh, pay for school in the fall. Uh, so to make a long story short, uh, I did not come to two-a-day camp, but Don Powers, uh, leading up to it, he increased my money just enough to where I could come on in and I was able to uh, make it to the game and uh, be in school and, and play from that standpoint. But uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was touch and go. So when I was awarded the full scholarship to answer your question, I was elated, but I was happy for my parents because I saw the burden that it wore on them and I saw how it affected my sister and my brother, mm -hmm. but it was good for me because it kept me hungry. That's good. So, Fifth year, you graduate, and then you get right into coaching, basically. So, what? no, no, you didn't get right into coaching. You tried out for the NFL. And I remember you preparing for your pro day. So talk to us about that, your preparation for your pro day. Well, one thing, it goes back to trade. I could run. Like, like yourself, Carlos, you could run. And uh, so I trained for pro day. And, and to be honest with you, uh, you know, Every little kid wants to play in the NFL, given the opportunity. Um, but deep down inside, if I'm honest with myself, 
I knew that was not in the cards for me. I knew that wasn't my calling. My calling was more people. But uh, Coach Powers at the time allowed me to go through that process. And uh, matter of fact, I had tryouts and made it to camp and uh, was with a few teams. But I did not stick because of my size and stature. Uh, but he always welcomed me back, back home to the Citadel. And uh, I started as a GA and just started working my way through it. So really, truthfully, in 1999, I want to thank you guys for allowing me to learn how to coach in addition to my little brother, because I also coached his high school wrestling team right. at the time. Wow. So now what, what kind of things, well, let me back up a little bit, because I want to ask you about this. And this is a question I, I ask every guest. And I, mm -hmm. I think I might know what your answer is, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. So of course, this is the Doer's Journey podcast. Yeah. So what would you say, Maurice, is your doer's superpower, your doer's superpower, that one trait, one skill that you've been able to leverage throughout this, the, all these years that have helped you get to where you're currently at in your journey? It's actually uh, what I call the seven Ps. Piss poor preparation promotes piss poor performance. So because of that, I've always had plans A, B, C, D, and E. And basically having those plans in order, I won't quit. You can't tell me to quit. Just because plan A doesn't work, okay, no problem. I go to plan B. Plan B doesn't work, no problem. I go to plan C. So I believe in having plans that, that helps me and it puts me in position to where I won't quit. I can't quit. It's not in my, it's not in my DNA. It, it just doesn't happen. And I could, I could attest to that because as we were preparing for this uh, interview, you know, you were sending me messages, hey, you know, what do I need to have? What questions do, do I need to prepare for? I want to make sure I'm properly prepared for this thing. And, and I love that because that's yeah. one of the things I do. I create these, you know, interview notes and I always say, hey, these are the notes here's yeah, the vision yeah. and here's the audience we're going to be talking to, but we're going to go down the road and let this thing go down. We're not going to be tied to this. Yes. Yes. But yes. you know, Hey, I, I love preparation. I love that. And I think that just goes back to, to you too, is just goes back to that perseverance thing with you. Yeah. You just, you just don't quit because you have all these other things. Mm -hmm. If plan A doesn't work, I got plan B plan C and that's not going to stop me as far as what what the goal is so and, that's and, and this is a doers format mm -hmm. and to me the doing is the preparation the doing is the planning so you say hey what can I do to take action well you can plan you can prepare that is the doing aspect for me and it absolutely drives the ladies in the house who I live with, crazy. They can't <laughs> stand it because then I'm detailed oriented. You have to detail your work. So let's talk about that with the, the planning and preparing, Maurice, because there's also a danger to that. The other side is analysis paralysis. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. don't know if, you know, the person listening to this right now, you've ever planned so much that you basically planned yourself out of taking action. Yeah. Have you ever fallen into that trap when it comes to that, that part of your, your character? Absolutely. And, and uh, this is probably going to segue into another question. One of my biggest disappointments in life 
was when I did not get the head coaching job at our alma mater, the Citadel. I prepared for that interview like none other. I was detailed. I had the questions I thought they were going to ask, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I took it all the way to Z. Then I went back and I went A, A, B, B, C, C. But I did not prepare for a few questions. And you have to be able to go off task. Mm-hmm. All right? You have to be able to go off task so that you're, you're totally not derailed. And then you can still achieve the goal at hand. So that is for those who are very detailed oriented, you have to prepare for that. You have to prepare for, you know, off task situations, off task questions. Um, And that's life to be quite frankly with you. Nobody plans an unexpected heart attack. No one plans, you know, a tetanus shot that almost kills you. Yeah. And we got a, you know, the word that's coming to my mind as you're saying that is just, it was remain flexible. Yes. Because you can be so rigid that, you know, hey, if they, when they ask me this question, this is how I'm going to go. And after I answer this question, this is probably going to be the next question they ask or, you know, and it's about the journey too. And when we talk with people or especially in you as a coach, you know, sometimes, you know, your destination might be whatever, the Super Bowl, the NFL, losing a certain amount of weight or saving a certain amount of money. That might be your destination but the route you take to get there, that's yeah. where you got to stay flexible and not allow a detour that you might yes. have to take to take right. your eye off the prize. Yes, I agree with you. You keep your eye on the prize, but you might have to make two lefts to come back right before you can get to your destination. Totally agree. Right. Totally. So let's, let's talk about that then. Um, you brought that up, Maurice, and, and that's what I believe the reason we're having this conversation now and the reason I believe the person that's listening to this, however you're listening to this right now, whether you're driving down the road or you're working out or you're just sitting down, we've all had disappointments in our life. Yes. yes. And you had a very public disappointment. Yes. I mean, you had with, you know, going out for that the head coaching job at the citadel you had a lot of people support you definitely had my support um i posted about about it i I did a bullet point i was like this is why this is why this is why (laughs) and obviously you know it it didn't happen for for whatever reason and so how did you overcome that disappointment and move on Well, let me say this first and foremost. Brent Thompson, the head coach of the Citadel, is a good friend. Mm -hmm. He was the offensive coordinator at the time. I was the defensive coordinator. We are very good friends. We talk to to today. So this has nothing to do with Brent, and it has everything to do with Maurice Drayton. Um, I'm going into my 21st year coaching uh, right now. Uh, going into my fifth year in the NFL, I spent a total of 14 seasons at the Citadel. Uh, that includes being a player and a coach, watching and recruiting many men come in those doors and graduate. I totally believe in the mission of the school. I totally believe with all my heart that, hey, if you give me these four years, if you trade these four years for the next 40 years in life, you will always have the upper hand because you wear the ring. Uh, you know, I, I truly believe in the brotherhood. So for me, when I did not get the opportunity to be the head coach at the Citadel, 
truthfully, I felt like a loved one slapped me in my face and gave me a combination in my stomach. I remember laying on the floor in my bedroom, just, 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 I don't want to use the word sulking because I was hurt. I was physically hurt because I've given my all to that institution. I've given my all to the individuals who were there. And, and I remember just laying there and, 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 and kind of sulking. And then finally, it was like a light just shined over me and said, Mo, you have prepared for this moment your whole life. Things you have talked about and encouraged people about, this is the moment that you have been waiting for. So stand up on your own two feet, be a man, walk into that place and continue to do your job. And lo and behold, the good Lord, not knowing that he had this in works for years, uh, before years before I knew it, I got a call just a few days later saying, hey, from the Indianapolis Colts, that they wanted to offer me a position. It was no interviewing. It was no, hey, come let us talk to you. It was, hey, this is your job. And then I'll take it one step further. The New York Jets called as well. And I had a job offer. So the, I had to dig deep down inside myself. I had to think back on the road that got me there to, 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 to draw from that inner strength of all my life lessons and all my disappointments before to help bring me out of that. And I believe this truly. There's no such thing as mistakes. There's only lessons learned if you do not make that mistake again or allow that thing to happen again. No, no such thing as mistakes, only lessons learned. I like that. I just did an interview yesterday and we were talking about, you know, kind of failures. This, this is a guy that does investing and all yeah. that. And yeah. we just, we brought it around and just say, you know, everything's feedback. And mm -hmm. feedback is a gift. And we were talking about this as yes, a former football yes, player as well. Yes. You know, it's just like sitting in the, in the film room yeah. and having your coach just break yeah. down your film. You know, yeah. you're going to make yeah. mistakes, but it's how you take that coaching. And life right. is one right. of the greatest coaches out there. Yes. And so it's yes. how you, it really depends on how you take that coaching and then take it from there and move on and go on to the next game or yes. move on to the next play. Yeah. And that's something, yes, you know, yes. you, you taught as a coach, you know, yeah. hey, you made a mistake this last play, you got to forget about that right. and that's move right. on. So, right. and, man, so this is so good mm -hmm. because I think the person listening to this, you might not have, you know, not gotten a job, but yeah, you had a yeah. disappointment. Something yeah. didn't turn out the way you wanted it to turn yeah. out. And I think it's so important how you responded Correct. To this Maurice versus reacted. Yes. And so do you understand how I'm saying oh, that? I know exactly what you're saying. So many times in life, you have to let go so you can grow. You have to let go so you can grow. It's not reactionary. It's, it's, it's how you, how did you say it again? It's, it's how, how you, re you respond. Responded versus how you react. Absolutely correct. And, Absolutely. you know, and, and, and take it back to football again. Of course, on defense, you're going to react to things. But yeah. Yeah. what this is how I heard this and why I use that example a lot. Um, an attorney told me mm -hmm. amateurs react. Yes. Professionals respond. There you go. There you go. So response comes from what yeah. you've learned, like you. Yeah. You responded because of all the things that mom and dad taught you. 
all right. the things that football has taught you, Correct. all the things right. that all the coaches have put into yeah. you, all those positive yeah. things, yeah. you made the decision That's right. to respond in a proper way. Correct. And I believe, I honestly believe, and you and I are men of faith, I believe because of the way you responded, you got another response that said, hey, you know what? There's actually another, you thought this was the road you were supposed to go down this yeah. journey. Yeah. But actually, I got another road I want you to go down. So. I'll be so honest with you. So in my mind at that time in my life, the Citadel head coaching football job for me, was not a lily pad job where I was jumping to the next job. It wasn't a launching pad job. For me, it was a destination job. That's where I wanted to be. That's where I wanted to live out my days. But as you said, and I am a man of faith, the good Lord had something else in store. And, and, and what's so great is this platform that I live of lifting as I climb, uh, it, it has taken me to several different states and I've been able to touch several different people since then. And in turn, I have learned more. And, and as I get into this, my shift in life, once I finish with this football thing, uh, I told you earlier, I'm trying to figure out what it is I really want to do in life, but I know it's help people. I want to return to the low country. I want to be in Berkeley County, Charleston County, Dorchester County, and help. That's what I want to do. I want to help those who are underserved. I want to help those who can't help themselves. I truly believe that's my calling in life. That's great, man. Now, with, with that, you responded the way you responded after a, a, a big disappointment. The Indianapolis Colts call and you get that job, you go to the NFL. Have you, how many times since then have you been able to take that learning lesson and help somebody else that might have a, had a disappointment in their life and maybe give, of course, you know, keep it private, but give, maybe give an example of how you're able to help that person because of your experience. Yeah. Well, I can't get detailed examples, but every day, believe it or not, these guys in the, these NFL buildings, um, they're very sensitive. Uh, and I don't want to use the word soft because they're not soft, but they're very sensitive and they're very self-critical. And, uh, you have to use examples a lot of times to help bring them along or to open their eyes, so to speak. Uh, one trait that I do have, I'm not afraid for people to laugh at me. I'm not afraid to be teased. So I'm not afraid to be the butt of a joke. So if I have to do that in order to teach one of these young men a life lesson, uh, then we'll do that because it's not about the football aspect for me. If they're a better husband, if they're a better father, if they're a better big brother, if they're a better uncle, then they'll be a better football player. So it's more about the life lessons for me. That's good. So now you, you talk about some of the things that you hold on to, and you actually mentioned it earlier. And, and for those of you, you're listening to the podcast, you can't see what I'm seeing right <laughs> now. And right behind Maurice is a picture of two gentlemen that are actually uh, doing some cliff climbing. I don't know what you call it, mountain climbing or something. And one guy is actually reaching down and yeah. helping the other person up. And if you know Maurice or if you don't know him, one of his favorite sayings, one thing I caught from him several years ago is he used to always say lifting as I climb. Yeah. And I was like, man, I like that. But 
why does Maurice always say that? So now I get to finally, you know, ask you, talk to me a little bit about this mantra of lifting as I climb. That is me. Uh, when I'm dead and gone, uh, they're going to put it on my tombstone somewhere, lifting as I climb. Uh, my father has always been a giver. I've seen him give his last, uh, and he always seems to get it back twofold. And I've just, watching him, I've, I've learned to uh, adopt that, uh, lifting as I climb. And let me tell you basically what it means. It means, and I've alluded to it earlier, being a man or having manhood. And that's the same as womanhood. You know, standing on your own two feet, having accountability for all your actions. Uh, what I call scholarship. I always believe that you can learn from anyone, anywhere, at any time. And then it goes back to that perseverance, which I talked about earlier as well. And we always, we know that perseverance is don't quit, quit, can't quit. Um, a good friend of mine from Canton, Ohio, he has the mantra of win, W-I-N, why I never. And then I tagged the end to it, why I never quit. That's the perseverance por portion of it. And then last but not least, and it kind of sums, it sums it all up in this lifting as I climb, is uplift. It's rolling up your sleeve, it's reaching back and pulling that person along with you as you're climbing on this journey in life. Those four cardinal principles entail the lifting as I climb philosophy. And I believe it is who I am. You can't see the shirt, but uh, my buddy even had a shirt made nice. for me, lifting as I climb. And I give me the, one of those. the picture that's in the background, you sent it to me, lifting as I climb. And I believe it um, so much to the point uh, my wife and daughter was out on a, on, on a ride because we're under quarantine right now, um, the stay-at-home laws. And they were riding around, and they saw that a young man in a wheelchair was having a birthday. And uh, my daughter, as soon as she came in the house, she said, I told mommy that if we tell you about this young man, you're going to hop on your bike and go over there and take him something. And you know what? She's absolutely right. So I hopped on my bike. I go there. I keep my physical distancing because I don't believe in social distancing. I believe in physical distancing. You know, we're social right now. And, you know, I took him some things, and I was just – elated you know it's about making people's day it's about helping it's about teaching but at the same time realizing that you can learn from everyone now also one thing i get out of that too lifting as i climb maurice is i hear mentorship behind that yes. too since you've been in the nfl or, or any part of your coaching career how has mentorship helped you uh, along your journey well, first of all, I've had great mentors growing up. Mentorship is everything. That, 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 is, that is the whole thing of the last aspect, the uplift that I talked about, the lifting as, as I climb. Now, do you see yourself now doing that, whether intentionally or unintentionally, with people now reaching out to you, looking for mentorship from you? Absolutely. Every day, every day in the building, out of the building. Uh, I do it without even knowing at this point that, that that's what you're doing. So uh, I've been told I don't know how to say no. And that, you know, that could be a problem in itself within the home, but you have to, you, you, I believe that's what we're charged with. The, you know, that's, it goes back to the title of being a doer. Uh, James 1, 22 through 25 I challenge everybody to look it up. That's what this is all about. 
you know, we can see things, know things. And if we don't do anything, that's like looking in the mirror and then you forget what you look like. We have to be doers. Exactly. And mentorship is being a doer. Exactly. You hit the nail on the head. We got to be doers, not just hearers. And you're so right. You know, we forget what manner of men we are and how powerful we are and the God-given talents we've been, you know, given. And that's part of the vision of this podcast is to really get people beyond motivation and inspiration, which is good. But now it's let's go out there and do those things that we've learned, just like with you. Let's do perseverance. Yeah, let's yeah. do mentorship. Let's do and go on this journey and learn more about coaching or, or whatever it is in your life. Let's go out there and do it. Because there's a lot of people listening to this. You know, you've, you've thought about things a lot and you've read about things. And, you know, I was listening to a podcast the other day, Maurice, and, and this guy was talking about all the books on his shelf, right? Yeah. And, you know, one of the biggest categories in books right now is self-help. And he was like, the problem is so many people, all they do is read or all they do is look at their books and say, oh, look how good I look. It, it's no longer self-help. It just becomes shelf help. Shelf help. <laughs> and those books are just sitting up there on the shelf and we're not taking yeah, action on yeah. it. so we gotta we gotta take action we gotta be doers and that's one of the things that i admire so much about you maurice is just i've always just seen you do you know from the first time when you came in my freshman year people were like man you know maurice drayton ain't here yet you better watch out when you know when maurice comes and you just came in and you just handled business and you 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 took action and i admire that about you and that's the reason you know i wanted you to be on this broadcast or this podcast and to you know talk to the person that's listening right now so once again i really appreciate you being on here so lifting as i climb Mm -hmm. as we wrap up right now maurice you know what's what's next for you in your journey i know you say you know you're just going, not going with the flow, like you don't yeah. know where you're going, yeah. but what are some things you foresee for yourself, the next steps in your doer's journey? I would like to take this football thing as high and as far as I can go, but at the same time, uh, and I, I truly believe the good Lord is expanding my platform. He's, he's widening my territory so that I can continue to be a doer and to be a beacon of hope, be a beacon of light, uh, to people who may be struggling. I don't know why, but this just set on my heart. Uh, The main reason why people fail is because of fear. So how do we define fear? I think fear is a little evil from within. Fear is a mind controller. We have to learn how to face and control fear. And to me, people who, who, who have fear also have limited vision and a lack of self-esteem. This is what keeps people from being doers, so to speak. So one, we have to overcome this fear. We have to expand our vision through listening to podcasts, listening to people uh, who who are of like minds and have the goals that we want and and, and boost our self-esteem so that we can be doers. You know, I, I truly believe we gotta find our life's work. You know, if you find your life's work, I believe that'll put you in your power place. And once you hit your power place, man, the sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. And man, you just hit something right there with with fear and how it can it can paralyze you. 
Yes, yes, you know, yes. It, can, it can just paralyze you. And, and even though you've read the books or you've been listening and you've seen, you know, you got people out there that have taken action, but yeah. the fear of failing yeah. is a huge and a real thing. You know, yeah. John Maxwell has that book called Failing Forward. And just <laughs> yes. know that failure is part of the process. Yeah. And yeah. you got to stay in the process. And you yeah. just, once again, you learn that that failure is feedback. Hey, that's just, I just learned a way not to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I just, you know, I know now not to go down that road or take that step or, or type that note or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. Now I can just yeah. keep moving forward. Man, so. that's amazing. Les Brown, Miles Monroe, Eric Thomas, CT Fletcher with his potty mouth. All these guys tell you to fail your way to greatness. Right. It's okay to fail. Fail your way to greatness. Right. So there's no and, such thing as mistakes. We talked about that earlier. Right. Yeah. And you know, and the thing is, this is a journey. Yeah. A lot of people, yes. a lot of people think, you know, failure is a destination and an yeah. end point. Yeah. Yeah. Now it can be if you let it. There you, you know, go. Maurice, you could have just sat there soaking in your bedroom and mm -hmm. still be mad and bitter yeah, about yeah. not getting the job and disappointed yeah. about that. But yeah. you didn't let that be a pit stop for you or a, 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 a just the, the end all be all that, Correct. you know what, there's no more after this. Yeah, Life yeah, is yeah. a journey and this is the doer's journey. And That's you gotta right. know that along the way, there's gonna be stops you make, there's gonna be detours you gotta, you're gonna make, there's gonna be failures and there's gonna be successes. Correct along right. the way as well you know as a doer i would i would tell these doers first of all don't tell me about your greatest tell me about your latest as a doer as a doer you need to surround yourself with people that will hold you accountable i gotta call um, time out maurice yes sir don't tell me about your greatest tell me about your latest expand yes. on that a little more if, if you were going down that road already forgive me but Expand on that a little bit more because that really just brung in me. No, it, basically, you know, so many times as human beings, we want to reflect and say what I did or remember this time. Well, nobody really cares about that. And, and that started resonating with me, you know, in the NFL. No one cares about your greatest. They just care about your latest. Mm -hmm. uh, so it doesn't matter. You know what you've done in the past is what you're doing today and, and that's one of the lessons i will say i learned at the citadel is anybody can make it through one day but it's being at that heightened level day in and day out that to me defines greatness that to me is what the doers are all about so let's surround ourselves with like-minded individuals let's have these talks let's keep each other accountable and I think that's the power of, of listening to interviews like this. Yeah. You know, I want to encourage you as we're wrapping this up with Coach Maurice Drayton of the Green Bay Packers. You know, I, I want to encourage you to rewind this podcast because there's some things that Maurice said that you need to hear again and you need to take notes on. And again, not just for you to be able to go out there and quote, quote Maurice, which would be good, but for you to take action. And I yeah. want you to take action, even if it's just one thing, if it's the perseverance piece, if it's learning how to respond and, and move on or learning lessons from your parents, whatever it is that Coach Maurice just shared with you, I want you to
to take it to heart and go out and take action on it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So any parting shots from you, Maurice, as we close this out? Man, I'm just ecstatic. I'm, I'm blessed. Uh, I, I just um, hope that something was said today that make, may make someone move in, in a direction that, that they want to go. And a lot of times it's not where we want to go. It's where he wants us to go and accept that charge. Amen. All right. Well, TDJ family, this is the end of this episode. You just heard from Coach Maurice Drayton. Go back, listen to this episode again. Take notes. Go out there, take action. And go out there, make it a great day. And remember, don't just be hearers. Go out there and be doers. Thank you for listening to the Doer's Journey podcast. If you'd like to connect on social media, you can go to Instagram or Facebook and search the Doer's Journey podcast and we'll connect there. And also subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating. By leaving us a rating, you let us know how we can help you on your Doer's Journey and you also help other people find this podcast. Now go out there, make it a great day. And remember, don't just be a hearer, go out there and be a doer.